Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. December 30th, 2020. Bacon. Baking soda. A naughty masquerade. Canaries. And ephedra. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Hello. Hello. Hi. You almost did it. We are almost synchronized. Oh, no. I was just listening for when you started so I could bark over the top of you like the bully that I am. Oh, okay. Well... Did you do it? Are you happy with your It was okay. I'm, I'll try again another time. Okay. I've still got a little time to perfect it. Okay. <laughs> well, it's December 30th. Yeah, it is. As inconsistent as we've been lately. I. Yep, that. Um, it's National Bacon Day. Well, I think this. if there's no other day we're going to record right now, let's do it on National yeah. Bacon Day. Here's the thing, though. It's a little bit cheaty. Okay. Because International Bacon Day is the first Saturday of September. Mm-hmm. National Bacon Day is December 30th. Mm-mm-mm. And I suppose if anything deserves, 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 deserves a double nod, it would be bacon. Yes. But it just, it still feels a little bit, a little greedy. I like bacon and greedy in the same context, if I'm being well, honest. Well, greedy is a pig, after all. Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, so baking may may not surprise you. It is an ancient love. Please tell me it goes back to at least the Romans. It goes so far beyond the Romans. It dates back to at least 4900 BC. Hot damn. When the Chinese preserved pork bellies with salt. Yeah, they did. It came from them made its way to Rome and Greece. It only it only took 3,000 plus years. I don't know how to do that math backwards. 1500 BC is when it arrived there, roughly. I mean, they probably, to be fair, they probably were like, we've got this figured out. We're not telling yeah. anybody else about this. Until they figured out they could trade it maybe and make money. I don't know. That makes know. sense. For if it's like 1500 BC, that makes sense that that's when they're like, 
They have trench coats and they open yeah. up and they're like, Hey there, fella. You want to buy some bacon? <laughs> would you buy trench coat bacon? I absolutely not would buy it. Nope. It would depend on the person and the setting. <laughs> if let's say that we'd gone to the opera mm -hmm. and we'd stepped out front at the intermission for a smoke break. Yeah. And there was a classy enough looking fella there with a bacon trench coat. I'd probably smuggle a piece into the opera for the second act. <laughs> so many, so many parts of that story. Will never happen. <laughs> We've never been to the opera and we don't smoke, so... Well, we did just start smoking cigars. Yeah, but if you remember... I, I know, I know. I Shall know. I say it or should we talk no, no. about it another we'll time? It, we'll save it for okay. in a little bit. Okay. Um, so the Romans, the ancient ones, that is... Yes. Uh, their early form of bacon, they called patasso, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a pig shoulder that they broiled with dried figs, browned it, and served it with wine. Yeah. It sounds, honestly... It sounds amazing. It, it sounds at least somewhat similar to what you do with a roast. Okay. Yeah. It's it's not a, a braise, I guess. It's a broil, and that's the, different, the big difference. But I guess even... Because a dried fig isn't dry... No. I guess you get just a little bit of an ooze yeah. down into the meat. And probably that's where we later came up with using brown sugar and some things like that. Absolutely it is. Yeah. So then the phrase, bring home the bacon, that is traced to the 12th century in the English town of, of Dunmow, Dunmo, something like that. Uh, and it was the church who offered the reward of a side of bacon to any married man who swore before God and the congregation that he would not quarrel with his wife for a year and a day. I love the church being super innovative here. Right? Like, what can we, how can we inspire more matrimonial harmony? Heathens seem to like the bacon. Yes. Yes, I. That, and so if you did a good job, basically, in your marriage, then you brought home the bacon. I At some point, it seems like that translated to... I, it had to have. ...earned the money for the family, right? Yes, yes. By the man's good behavior, good action... Yes. ...that he brought home the bacon. I guess so. Because it didn't say the woman couldn't get after the man. That's true. That's true. Now, it's unfair. Well, it's unjust. Uh, but bacon was involved, so I, I guess so. It's the inequities of bacon. Every single time you give me paychecks, is that the bakey archery? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Okay. Every single time you give me a paycheck to put in the bank, and we've been doing this for years, I like to say thank you for bringing home that yes. bacon. And yes. We are that old-fashioned that we don't direct deposit. We, we get a physical check, and we deposit it. And it's not because we're incapable right. of figuring out the technology. I just kind of enjoy the act of it all. Well, and also... It's a little bit of a man flex for me. It is definitely a man flex, and I don't hate it. Also, hashtag small business probs. That just, too. But, and you, I mean, in fairness... You get physical checks on all your stuff, too. A number of our vendors of podcast ads are sort of awesome still send paper checks. It's so, true. yes, it's, it's true. true. Mm -hmm. Well, just a handful more of random bacon facts. Let's hear it. During World War II, the U.S. government urged citizens to donate excess bacon fat, as if there was such a thing, I mean. to the Army... And the army used it to make bombs. Mm, sweet bacon bombs. Indeed. 
Kill me now! <laughs> Do it! The Germans were literally laying down waiting for it. Yes, yes, yes. The average American consumes about 18 pounds of bacon a year. I believe it. There is a church in Las Vegas, of course, that is called the United Church of Bacon. That's completely on brand for Las Vegas. Indeed. Ann Arbor, Michigan is home to a bacon camp where all activities are curated around bacon. In a non-pandemic year, would you go to bacon camp? No. Me neither. I love bacon, but I don't actually want to do activities with bacon. That's, I just want to eat it. Yeah, I don't, don't want to play weird games with it. I don't even like it when people do the, the two sunny-side-up eggs and the one piece of curved bacon for the happy face. I, I'm not here for that. I'm here to eat the bacon. Okay. Um, bacon was included in the first meal eaten on the moon or the moon movie set in Hollywood, whichever it was. You're a bad person. Bacon <laughs> contains choline, which is known to increase intelligence and memory, fight Alzheimer's disease, and protect the heart. Thank you, Bacon. I feel like your maternal grandfather, who was Czech, legit Czech, Czech. Mm -hmm. Okay, Czechoslovakian. Yes. Did he eat a lot of bacon in his life? Um, or not yes, so yes. Yeah? But it was intermingled with many, many fatty breakfast meats okay. of Czech origin. He lived to a ripe old age. He did. He died when he wanted to. He, he died, died when, when he chose. He was good and ready. He was. He smoked a pipe for like 65 years. Yeah. And then just decided he was going to quit, but he didn't. He didn't die from that. No. Other family members like to claim, oh, well, he had complications. Well, his only complications were not that related. He had other things that went on. I just, I look at the way that grandfather of yours ate, and mm -hmm. I didn't know either of your grandfathers really, so sorry for the referring to the, the that grandfather, but yeah, um, he grew up eating what nutritionists today would have, and a literal stroke over. Well, nutritionists today are basing everything they know off of the USDA pyramid, which was offered by our government. And how exactly do they? Yeah. No, they don't. They I, don't. I mean, I agree. I just like whenever I start to get a little bit antsy and my pantsy about like, oh, this is dangerous or this is bad or whatever. I look to your grandpa and yeah. I'm just like, the dude ate like... Massive amounts of good old-fashioned farm cooking food. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's legit. Here's what he ate. He ate a lot of meat and fat. Protein and fat, the only two of the three macronutrients that are, in fact, necessary. Mm -hmm. um, when he had vegetables, it was because they were fresh and in season from a garden, not sprayed with a bunch of crap and mm -hmm. on and on. He ate very naturally. Mm -hmm. Even... So Yitzinitzi, or if I, yes. that's how we've pronounced it. I've seen the way it's spelled. I don't know how you'd get that pronunciation from it. This is a Czech sausage. It's my favorite Czechoslovakian word. It's, I love it. Yitzinitzi. It's very satisfying to say it. It is a fantastic sausage. You uh, you freeze it. You you make this block of sausage. You freeze it. You slice it super thin and then fry it crispy in the skillet. Oh man. And. It's delicious. It's heavily garlic, heavily seasoned. So much seasoned. garlic. Um, now this sounds gross. One of the one of the major ingredients in it is brain. Mm -hmm. um, but when you if you spend a little time looking at the the snout to tail, snout to tail. Movement, that's what I was going to say. It's actually 
wickedly healthful. Yeah. And if you're frying your stuff in tallow and real real fats, not plant-based fats that are problematic, yeah, it's actually it does contribute to some pretty long, healthy, functional lifetimes. Yes. So your grandparents did not even know they were like so ahead of their time and eating that snout to tail mm -hmm. off of the farm. They would be basically hipsters today. Were they still alive? Um, okay. Maybe, maybe not. Well, the good news is not only is it National Bacon Day, it's also uh, actually, actually National Bicarbonate of Soda Day, also known as baking soda. Yes. You can bake with it, hence the name we know it as. You can clean with it. Done that plenty of times myself. You can get rid of odors. Mm -hmm. Pop it in that refrigerator. Get you rid of the refrigerator sink. Sprinkle it in your your jogging shoes. Ooh, nice. Or walking shoes, if you prefer. You can use it as a mouthwash or a toothpaste. You've mm -hmm. done a little of I've this. I occasionally do it as a toothpaste. You can't do it... With great frequency, you'll scrub all the enamel off your teeth. Yeah. But, like, I think recommendations I've seen is it's safe as frequently as once a week. Okay. If you'd really like to have the experience of having diarrhea and vomiting at yes. the same time. true explosion from both ends. Exploding out both ends. Mix up a big old, just like, don't even measure it, just like start pouring it yeah. out of the carton. Big heaping and... Be careful because if you if you don't adequately explode from both ends, you'll need to call poison control and uh. probably get to the emergency room. But we do have some some firsthand experience with this. Unfortunately, we do. I would encourage you don't do it. Neither of us did it. It was yep. a guest in our home. Yep. Who said they had an upset stomach? We weren't paying attention. It's not probably the most responsible person we know. They put a huge, it was probably the equivalency of a quarter cup, if I'm honest. Yeah, that feels right. Inside a glass of water, mixed it up, drank it, and then, yep, they're between, yeah, bad. Not going to, not going to detail it out. Bad. Both directions, same time, walls and toilet, evidence of the mishap. I feel nauseated just thinking about The that. noise, the noise that echoed from that bathroom just off the kitchen through the rest of the house. One of our children is forever scarred because she in inadvertently was sitting outside the door when yes. all this was going down. She moved very quickly yeah, she when the noises began. Whew. Okay, so I've, I've dropped the ball a little bit. The 12 days of Christmas, which began on the 25th. Yeah. And we're all, I would assume, familiar with the song. Yeah. The countdown song. It's kind of like 99 bottles of beer in the wall. Right. But it's 12 days of Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, I was yesterday years old when I came to the realization, it was revealed to me through some reading, that this song is both Christian and Catholic. You don't say. Yeah. So I'll catch us up. We're day six today. I'll catch us up. Okay. Um, beginning on the 25th, the first day my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Okay. Well, both my true love mm -hmm. and the partridge yeah. refer to Christ, to Jesus. Okay. Um, my true love's pretty obvious there. Right. Partridge, specifically chosen because this bird is one of few that will actually sacrifice its life to save its children. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. Yeah. I never knew that about partridges or that that's why 
the first yeah, day. Right? We've Aww. we've been kind of weekly pathetically celebrating something and we didn't even know. It. I know. So the second day, two turtle doves. This rep is representative of the Old and New Testaments. Okay. Also Old and New Covenants. Mm. They are somewhat the same. One's yeah. Um, third day, three French hens. These would be the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. Okay. Fourth day, four calling birds. It is the four evangelists and or the four gospels that they wrote, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very good. Very good. Fifth day, five golden rings. Sing it. Five golden rings. This is the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, which gives the history of man's fall from grace. Mm -hmm. And today, day six, six geese a-laying. It is the six days of creation. Oh my gosh, that's so brilliant because like new birth every yes. day, six geese a-laying, six days of creation. Indeed, indeed. So Fascinating. Day seven, you'll have to listen tomorrow or whenever we or record next and catch up me. with... Where we've missed. Yeah. Get back on the old microphone slash camera. That's right. All right. This next one is a real doozy. So uh, yep. fasten up your petticoats, ladies, because it's 1809. 1809. 1809. Wearing a mask while attending a ball is outlawed in Boston. Traditionally a Catholic colony in Massachusetts, right? Um. No, I think you're... Oh, I was thinking Maryland. Maryland, yes. Maryland, where you were born. Yeah, no, we were... Our, our Catholic ancestors were still persecuted in good old Boston. Okay, well, but now there's a lot of Catholics. Now it's deeply Catholic. Because of a lot of the Irish. Yes. Well, masking identities equaled for, these, for this culture. A party filled with unrestricted mingling and manners. Which is soft language. Because it was getting a little racy up in there. Yeah, beyond, beyond. They were not the first. Rather, they were following a lead from Philadelphia, where this is already going down, where it was determined that dances were a common meeting place for those interested in sex commerce. The best kind of, no, not, that's not a good kind of commerce. Sex commerce is the best commerce. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. Okay. Well, the masks were obviously there for creating an anonymity for mm -hmm. the participants in these balls. Now, look, some people might be quick to blame the men of, course, of the era. Of course. Both for having the idea of masking and masquerades and also for outlawing it. But before we completely blame the men... Let's look to writer Samuel Richardson. He asserted that public masquerades presented frightening possibilities of disguise, role-playing, and sexual freedom for women. That's right. It was the women who abused an otherwise semi-innocent sex commerce. It was so innocent, the sex commerce was. Now, it becomes <laughs> obvious, yes, that this that it was wholesome until the women were on the scene. Yes, Gentlemen used to put on their masks and go visit each other in complete purity and yes. innocence. Women sullied the otherwise <laughs> pure act of the masquerade. Yes. Now, Boston went on to extend their law in 1849. Now, just buckle up, you guys. This is the longest sentence I've ever seen in Do my you, life. I've read this a few times. Do you want me to try to big breath gasp and read through it? Please do. Okay. <sighs> 
Any person who shall get up and set on foot, or cause to be published or otherwise aid in getting up and promoting any masked ball or other public assembly at which the company wears masks or other disguises and to which admission is obtained upon payment of money or the delivery of any valuable thing or by any ticket or voucher obtained for money or any valuable thing shall be punished by a fine not exceeding $500 and for repetition of the offense by imprisonment in the common jail or house of correction not exceeding one year. That took a lot of lung strength. It did. That was very clearly written by an attorney. No offense to attorneys, but they are good at creating sentences. That Job security. Yeah. You write a sentence so bullshitty that nobody can read it and comprehend it, and it requires you, in fact, to interpret it again later. There's It's job security. It's, this is a thing of beauty. There are so many commas and even, and even semicolons. Yes. All in one sentence. I myself, as a long-winded person who needs an editor in writing and most of the time in speaking, <laughs> I am in awe that this whole sentence, it's one paragraph, and that was in 1849. So Indeed. Good on well, you. you want a real treat. Wow. Go back and read. Like, I'm talking pre-1500s. Go back and read. And I know it's translated from, I think, Latin originally to English, but mm -hmm. read the documents that come from ecumenical councils oh yeah wow man it's a lot wow people people like knew how to make the structure of a sentence mm -hmm. be powerful so much more so than when we get today right isn't it like the average newspaper article is written for like a sixth grade reading level i'm sure it's that or or less i don't quote me on that but i feel like our common and published language is so dumbed down now that truly, I mean, I'm, we're joking about the thing about the masked balls, but truly that's, that's astonishing that they were able to get all of those words. Into it's, true. it's true. Now that law that you just spent all of your breath reading, it remained in place in Boston until 1963. Right. Finally, uh, JFK was like, no, we're not going to do this anymore. I strike down that law. Was it Boston. him? No, I'm just kidding. No, it was but, probably, uh, Mark Wahlberg, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> when he was born, they abolished the masquerade law yes. in Boston. Yes, they realized. Masquerade law. They realized that we're not, with this man's a sex symbol. The ladies are going to be throwing it at him anyway. We might as well just let him wear masks. Yes. That's where it went. They had a vision of good vibrations well, and underwear. A vision and then some. <laughs> He's a, he is a beautiful man. I'll give him that. I can't argue with that. Let's move on. Okay. 1853. Benjamin Waterhouse Hawkins and Sir Richard Owen created a life-size model of a dinosaur, the type of dinosaur I couldn't pronounce, so I'm skipping that part, and they held a dinner party inside of it. Well, what else are you going to do? Well, you That's exactly that right. Life-size life model of a dinosaur, what else can you do? I think it's brilliant, and I can only imagine in the very incorrect way that I imagine British humor and old British humor the chuckles and sniggering that went on as they were like, well, we just did this and nobody cares, but what if we held a dinner party in it? <laughs> All the things. A dino dinner party. Yes. I love it. Well, 1927, Jamaicans, island of Jamaica, Caribbean, mm -hmm. traditionally had eaten beef for their Christmas feast. It is a feast after all, but yes. for some reason today, 
they felt like it was time to transition to something new and they incorporated themselves into the unfortunateness of the American tradition, yeah. turkey and chicken on Christmas. It was a sad day for Jamaica. Indeed. Thankfully, they did manage to continue to drink rum, not forsaking it for any lesser or American-inspired beverage. It's probably the only thing that allowed them to eat the yeah. turkey and chicken and not hate themselves. Where are you on drinking straight rum? What kind? Spiced? Well, white? just tell me. I don't know. So I love a white rum in the same fashions that you would use a vodka. So like a Bacardi. Right, right, which is that's a, a white rum, right? That's a white rum. Okay. There's many. Okay. Curzon, there's tons. Oh, yeah. There's tons. I think every island has its own one or two or three breweries. Or, okay. or, or uh, what's the word? Come on, Kyle. Get Distillery? your liquor language. Distillery, thank you. Yeah. Um, Bacardi, in fact, from Puerto Rico. Yes. Um, I So I would like that with a twist of lime, sometimes straight, sometimes with a seltzer water or some type of bubbly included. If it is, if it's a spiced rum, an aged rum with some color from yeah, being yeah. in barrels, all of that, um, again, you'd, you'd treat that very similarly to how you could treat whiskeys. You could drink it, if it's a good one, drink it straight, uh, neat, or on the rocks. Uh, you could use it as a mixer. You can go all the directions with things. One of my favorite, favorite rums for drinking either neat or on the rocks is, and I always get it confused, it's either Sweeney and Todd's or Todd and Sweeney. Kirk and Sweeney. Kirk and Sweeney, thank you. I Kirk was going Sweeney. to ask if that fit into the yes. simple category because yes. we, we've gotten a few bottles of that. It, there's a hint of the green flavor of the bamboo not well sugarcane rather yeah. not bamboo sugarcane itself it is delightful yeah it is and that's it's not i think a lot of people would hear spice drum and think captain morgan and that's fine that's something you definitely would any anything cheaper is what you would mix well, with sure. soda that's what i was thinking the thought to me personally the thought of drinking like a captain morgan like on the rocks or neat it makes my stomach hurt right. to think about it. But but if you're going to pour some in a little Coca-Cola, something like that, right. it sounds good. You know, and then on the other side, a Kirk and Sweeney, the thought of mixing that oh, with a Coke is like yeah, don't heartbreaking. Soda water, yeah. yeah. Just, just drink it. It's exactly. nectar. It's delightful. I feel like far too few Americans have experienced a sippable rum, and they mm -hmm. just think of rum as in your like frozen drinks, like a daiquiri. Yes, and almost even restricted to people in their twenties. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I do think it. I mean, rum can be very sweet. The especially mm -hmm. the the sort of like lower tier uh, rums can be very sweet. Again, working great into a daiquiri, but. There are grown-up rums out there. Yes. I don't know why I had to go on a tirade about Well, rum, it's worthy. Rum is delightful. We've, rum Rampage. We went, uh, every every summer, We for the last several summers, we've kind of picked a, yeah. a alcoholic beverage and chosen to meander through it. And we so enjoyed our first summer of rum yeah. that we had a second summer of rum. We did. It was good. Yeah. I don't hate it. Okay, well, 1953... The first color television set went on sale. The going price, $1,175, or in today's dollars, 
11,000, just almost 11,400. Mm, 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 mm. 1953, I, yeah. as a 43-year-old human being in America, still had black and white TVs in my home as a child. Well, not not it, all, it but... It took a lot of time for yeah. that price to come down to a manageable thing for the, the American family. Whew. Well, in 1978, the day before the day we are speaking on right now, Clemson football player Charlie Bowman... Bowman? Bowman. One of the two. Bowman. One of the two. He intercepted a pass from Ohio State, as all good defensive players are That's going right. to do. That's right. You know what happened next? You know, Ohio State coach Woody Hayes punched him. Yep. Well, on today's date in 1978, Coach Hayes fired. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit up in arms about the fact that it took him a day well, yeah. to make the decision. It's like that... I mean, that literally should have happened on the players? spot. He should have been arrested Look. and hauled off the field. There yeah. were police people, police people, policemen, policewomen. <laughs> it's probably policemen in 78. Probably policemen in 78. Uh, it was 1978. The 70s were a wild and crazy time, man. But yes, I agree that that should have happened in that moment. All right. This next one's pretty challenging. There's some words that I struggle with. Okay. 1984. I think it is. Speelologists or speologists, it's spelunkerologists, whatever, speologists, whoever, spelunking, cave, cave, the science of spelunking, studying all of that. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, a cave is discovered in Oaxaca, Mexico, and that one I didn't stumble through, but the spelling is O A X E C A. Yeah, man. And so I did, in fact, Google. How in the hell do you pronounce this? And I feel like you watched probably like five YouTube videos at a minimum. I watched a lot. Yeah. Oaxaca. Okay. And I'm sure I'm even still messing it up. Anyway, that's where this cave is discovered. And it is, depending on whose write-up you want to read, if you read out of Tourism of Mexico, then it's one of the deepest, longest, greatest caves in the world. Yeah. Now, that... Some of those categories, they land in the mid to late 20s in ranking. So it's a pretty bold statement. Isn't perfectly true, but definitely in our hemisphere. Okay. It's it's definitely one of the record setters. Okay. Um, the story, which I would encourage you to go read if you're interested in things like this, the story about how it was found is pretty harrowing. Mm. Um, it had been explored on multiple occasions there was a group who kind of got stuck sure. in there yeah and i can't think of a thing that makes me want to poop my pants more than that other than snakes yeah yep it's right up there with snakes like i can't even like the the so this is deepest longest greatest like that if you put me in the shallowest dumbest shortest most un uh inspiring cave in the world i'm still gonna have a panic attack I just like it's fine. That's fine. There's no shame in that. Thinking about it is terrifying to yeah. me. And so the thought of people actually getting trapped in there, I yeah. hate it. I don't want to even think about that they, ever again. This this particular group that discovered the extension that brought it to the status that it now holds, they were they were geeked out not just with scuba, but like with rebreathers, a whole I mean, I know it's only 1984, but there was some good technology then. If, yeah. If nothing else, they borrowed some things from James Bond. Yeah. And, yeah, so they'd, they'd kind of gotten stuck, some weird things. They'd 
dove down, they went through a thing, they came up in another area, and literally in this, this next area they were in, the water was high enough that they had to have head tilted completely back yeah. to just barely get lips above the water line in the small space between nope. water and cave top. But it was a massive, massive area. I'm going to nope right out of that. I don't, I don't want to be there. But they found it. They did. And it is, of course, where the aliens went to live after they built the pyramids in Mexico. If, we all know this. Yeah, of course. It only makes sense. Yeah. All right. 1986. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You created radio silence. That's a cardinal sin. Well, I want everyone to think about in your mind where you were in 1986. I know we okay, got some... Okay, good recovery. I got, we got some awesome today family who were not even born yet, and that's depressing. I but, was 11. Yeah, I was nine. Mm-hmm. Four, this year. four, because I robbed the cradle in terrible masquerade fashion. <laughs> it was in this year that canaries, as in the bird, finally finally retired from their service in British coal mines. What they would do, of course, if you're not familiar with this part of history, is they would send the canaries down into the mines. They'd bring them down. Bring them down. Yeah. And if... The old canary in the coal mine. Canary in the coal mine. If the canary dies, uh-oh, better not go down there. Not safe Let's for humans. Let's get the hell out of here. The canaries are dead. The canaries are dead. PETA is not happy with this. PETA might have had something to do with this. They're finally retired from their service, replaced by modern, modern yeah. carbon monoxide detectors. Finally, in Great Britain, they were like, you know, we do have the technology. James Bond has been using it for yeah. years. It doesn't reproduce like canaries do, no. but... We've got it. They had been used for over 70 years due to their sensitivity to odorless and tasteless toxic gases. And by sensitivity, that means they died. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> now, once they've been retired from this element of service for Her Royal Majesty's uh, coal mining endeavors, <laughs> that means that truly their sole application now can only be in, of course, detecting iacane powder. Yes. What with their sensitivity to the odorless and the taste. That's tasteless. right, because they're only semi-enjoyable as yeah. quote-unquote pets. Your, so, your granny used to keep canaries. She right? did. It just is something to do. My granny, and this was in her 90s, oh, she yeah. was doing this. My granny just turned 105. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, it's only been within the last, what, 18 months? Yeah that she's really begun to 
show some signs of true age. Yes, but she um, lived independently. She for... lived independently until that long ago. And not only that, her husband, your paternal grandfather, died when he was like 44, 45, something In like early, early 40s, yeah. yes. And so for literal decades, she was just doing her thing out just there in her land. Doing her thing. When he and... died, there were still six kids at home. She yeah. finished raising them. She... She has been a busy, busy woman her lifetime. She had a menagerie of animals, including at some times canaries. Yes, yes. She she went through transition. She always had multiple things at a time. Yeah. And so there was a time where there was a, a donkey, a cow, several goats, chickens. And then as she moved away from, I think the cow was the first thing to go because she just didn't want to milk it anymore. Mm -hmm. She had nothing for no reason. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to milk it anymore. So she got rid of the cow. And I feel like that was the transition into cats. Oh, okay. They weren't in the house. She wasn't a cat lady. They were outside cats. The, uh, the mainstay, most of them were strays or offspring from strays. The mainstay was a Siamese. He wasn't pure Siamese because he was a thick, muscular it may have been a mix of Siamese and Bobcat. I don't know. His name was Elgato, mm -hmm. creatively enough. Yes. We'd phased out the donkey. We brought in a few dogs. And so she she worked her way through. Yeah. Uh, and at one point in time, along with, I think, experiencing nearly every breed of chicken available, she also then had inside. The only inside pet that I remember were the parakeets. And she did dote over them and loved them and bred them and then couldn't get enough people to take them and finally was like, all right, this is irritating. Yes. Really impressive woman, though. Uh, yeah. Never wore a masquerade mask, as far as I know. Well, as far as you know, but hey, she lived a whole life before she became a mom and a grandma. So. That's true. That's true. And that's uh, just to celebrate her a little bit more. She was orphaned. Yes. And... Instead of going into orphanage or all of that, she bounced around different relatives' homes through her upbringing. She had two siblings. Yeah. And then later in life, uh, was it both? I think it was just one of the siblings who never managed to amount to a whole lot had ended up moving in with her uh, after, of course, all the kids were gone and whatnot. And he lived there for a time, and she put his tail to work. He laid a whole actually very impressive rock uh, mm. walkway throughout the whole backyard. You saw the rock walkway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah, just really never a dull moment for her. Good yes. for her. What a, what a thrilling life. Yeah. Okay, I guess you're pausing because it's my turn. I am. Well, 2003, practically yesterday, 2003, our own wonderful federal government bans the sale of of ephedra. Yes. And they based it on ephedra's cause of 155 deaths and dozens of heart attacks and strokes. This was in an era when, like, everybody, and I mean everybody of a certain age, was using ephedra. Right. It was, or, part, of a, it was part of a weight loss stack. I was going to say, ephedra or some kind of combination of ephedra with something else to ephedra, lose weight. Ephedra, aspirin, caffeine. Okay. That was the stack. Okay. You could buy it in whole format and take it or you could you could be a DIYer and yeah get it done that way. Now, this is feel good legislation which is akin to saying bullshit. Ooh. Legislation. All right. Listen, there are 
what is it, 63 million or something? I can't even remember what our population is. I feel like it's, no, no, 600 and something million. Okay. 600, there's, I don't know. I can't, I don't have my phone. We're recording with my phone. I can't look it up. Millions. In any event, whatever it is, 155 yes. deaths and dozens, which could just literally be 24, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Deaths, or I'm sorry, heart attacks and strokes. Yes. This is statistically insignificant. Mm-hmm. And we're not even entirely sure in an instance like this that all of those can be attributable to the thing. But we get this law in place. No more can we sell it. Um, look, the Chinese have used ephedra in traditional medicine for over 5,000 years. That and bacon. And bacon. And maybe it's maybe that's the real stack. I don't know. I love that stack, yes. Well, good thing our government's here to set the record straight, protect us from ourselves, and if only the Chinese would follow our lead to take care of people the right way. If you're wondering what that knock at the front door is, it's the... Uh the National Security Agency come to take Kyle away yeah. for saying that. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. That's all I've got to say. Hey, speaking of China, you know what was trending recently? I do, but please tell me anyway. Satellite photos. <laughs> this is not actually awesome. It's more of like one of those. Ooh, not yeah. awesome. Satellite photos confirm that China has built acres of factories inside a detention center, which leads to... Uh, government officials and also human rights activists, I'm sure, to believe that they have created a vast scale forced labor operation in these detention yeah, centers. There's no question. That's yes. exactly what they're doing. Um, as if they weren't blatant enough with the way that they, they treat their populace, mm. that within a detention center, which is right now definitively it's Muslims, um, I don't know what all else gets well, thrown in there. Plenty of Christians. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, the human rights violations out of China are vast themselves. And so, yeah, there's no yeah. telling what else is going on there. Now, by their barometer, <laughs> it's not that big a deal. They treat everyone like crap, it seems. It yeah. seems from whatever we can gather through media. Yeah. But this is this is pretty grotesque. Um, if Man, I don't know. It makes me wonder, is there a way to live exempt of supporting that? I don't know. It seems like everything is made in China anymore. Yeah, including TikTok. Including, well, not anymore. Didn't we? Didn't somebody hear by it? I was going to look it up because I was going to. Well, this is a long story. I looked it up recently to see, and I don't think anyone ever did. Nothing ever happened. We just all went up in arms for a minute. Yeah, it was a big blitz for a minute, and I don't think that there was ever any follow through forcing an American company to buy it. Now, I could be wrong. I cannot. Say that a hundred percent sure, but I'm like eighty five percent sure. Okay, it's still well, owned in China. I feel very validated by having never signed up for a TikTok account. Why are you trying to call me out like this? Um, I love TikTok. I'm not calling you out. I'm simply celebrating me above you. Okay, there's some difference. Um, another trending, and it's a couple days old. It was Monday. Actress. Lori Laughlin. Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky. Full house. Yeah. Well, she was released from federal prison after having served her two-month sentence. Mm-hmm. And this for her participation in the college admissions scam that was discovered in 2019. That was another one or two news cycles, and it was over. 
it was a, a criminal, this is harsh language, I feel like, a criminal conspiracy to influence undergraduate admissions decisions at several top American universities. Right, 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 right. The organizer, William Rick Singer. He organized the whole the whole uh, scam. He, he was the facilitator. Okay. He was the one selling tickets to the masquerade. Oh. He facilitated sexy. it. He was the go-between. Yeah, he made it all work. Um, now, number one, I want to point out that anytime mm -hmm. someone goes by all three names. Mm -hmm. They're a serial killer. <laughs> well, that's your thesis. <laughs> that's your thesis. It's a serial killer, like John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. I, I get that. But... Here we have the interesting phenomenon of the middle name being the nickname of a full name. Right. Rick. Rick. Instead of Richard. Who names the, who gives their child the middle name of Rick? I don't I, know. I don't know. And I, I don't know. Um, in, in less heinous circumstances than serial killing, yeah. when someone's celebrating a middle name or even two middle names... Typically, this is affiliated with wealth and prestige, right? Well... But there are no people that I'm aware of, of wealth and prestige, whose name is Slick Rick. Well, that's true. Fair on Slick Rick. I mean, I feel like for intellectual honesty purposes, we need to disclose that one of our sons goes by all three names, John Kyle Heats. That's true. But he's a red... He's a product of a redneck... That's true. And, and there's Those are all family names, there's too. Yeah, they're all family names. And there's a strong uh, predilection amongst the more southerly cultured people to call somebody by all of their given names. Ricky Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> That's a great example. Yeah. And I, I know with good familiarity a fellow who whose name... He goes by first and middle name. He goes by Joe Bob. And I don't know if his actual name is Joseph Robert or not. I don't know. I would assume that it probably is. I don't know. And that he just goes by the abbreviated formats. You don't, you don't see any attorneys. And attorneys often use all three or four names that they have. I've yet to see one ever who has a Rick stuck in the middle. Fair. I will give you that. So that's that's ultimately where I'm going. We, we went on a little side tangent. It's okay. It's okay. With William Rick Singer. So William Rick Singer. All shade aside, I respect him deeply with this statement. He described the scheme as the side door of admissions. Hmm. The front door of admissions being merit. Yeah. You deserve to get in. Yeah. The back door, which is always shady, right? Yeah. The back door being multi-million dollar donations. Like we'll build a new building on this campus. Yes. If you'll oh, let our Dean Don child on. Yes, the campus. school of whatever, and it just so happens that anybody with that last name gets to go here now. Yes. Yeah. Well, ultimately, there's a little over 50 parents that have been charged with participation in the scam. Roughly half of those currently having pled guilty, sentenced to Brace yourself, months long. Prison terms, fines, community service. This doesn't bother me. I'm not doesn't bother me. I'm not scandalized. I... If, if you're going to get upset by this, yeah. then you need to crack down on the, the multi-million dollar donators that 
there are just simply no standards other than the last name that gets the child. Exactly, in. exactly. Aunt Becky, she did her time, let her live yeah. her life. Something else that's trending. Ilaria Baldwin, also known as Hillary Baldwin. Don't spoil it yet. Well, she's the wife of Alec Baldwin. It's all over the news. She has been accused of faking, faking, I say to you, her Spanish heritage. That's a little strong. I don't think that she's, I mean, you can't fake, well, I guess you can. We've had this happen in Congress with fake Native American things and other stuff. I think there's even been some fake African-American claims she wasn't, she's not, she does definitively have Spanish heritage. Okay. Hilaria. Yes. Does. She's faking the strength at which it has shaped and impacted her. It seems that's the claim. Well, yes, it does seem that, uh, she, we, we, there, there's a question. There's a, there's like a birther. Yeah. Conspiracy theory well, question. Where was Ilaria born? Both birther and youther? Where did she oh, grow up? She how, grow where, up? how was she impacted? A high school classmate has come out saying, hey, she wasn't Hilaria back then. She was just plain old Hillary. Yes. And a nice person. A nice enough a person. Nice, good looking, but her name very was Hillary. attractive woman named Hillary. And she didn't have that Spanish accent. But yeah. truly, as you, you did a little side googing. Her parents are from Spain, and she did grow up bilingual. Yes. So there's that. Alec Baldwin, in the meantime, doing his Alec Baldwin best to show his ass around in the media, acting a fool over it. Here's the thing. I've, I've followed Hilaria Baldwin on Instagram for years. Did you really? I have. And she's, she's just like one of those fascinating people because you get this glimpse of she's like, I'm just a mom trying to live my mom life. I've got all these kids. She has a lot of Five, babies. right? Yeah. Living my mom life, doing mom things, but I'm also, of course, wildly rich and married to a celebrity. Mm -hmm. And so I love accounts like that where it's just like, show me what your life is like. So I have an affinity for her. I wish people would just kind of like calm down, everybody. From snippets of what I read, it seems like under pressure, she came out and said, fine, my name's not Hilaria. It's Hillary. That's true, but then it wasn't communicated well with Alec, uh -huh. who's prone to a oh, yeah. nonsensical rant anyway. Oh, yeah, he, he loves a rant. And he started showing his ass, and he, he wasn't aware that she'd already admitted. And so it was, <laughs> it was kind of an awkward moment. Hey, Alec Baldwin is uh, unfortunately great at being awkward in the media and yet he still keeps on getting those gigs still gets them he would still be considered an a-lister yeah assume. exactly i you know i'm sure it bothers him a whole lot that anybody would look down upon him as he cashes checks mm -hmm. yes sir hey you know what it might be time for i believe it's time for a whirl watch read listen life style let's do whirl okay well, you've got a couple of watches. I do. The first one is an attempted watch. Everyone's talking about Bridgerton. We we mentioned this, and I don't know if it's on an episode that actually made it to air because we've had a few uh, false starts. But we talked about the, the fact that Netflix is known for dropping a bingeable situation in the time between Christmas and New Year's. Yes. Because people are so no bored. Especially this year, you can't even go to the freaking movie theater. Right? Hey, here's a here's a random dog leg. Okay. We can come back quickly. It won't take that long. Um, we've mentioned previously 
the Aztec calendar. Yeah. And that the Aztecs actually had two calendars. Yes. Um, one of which was around spiritual things and the other which was around agriculture and all of that and all, of, all the things. Well, they had a period. They had a period every so often of days that simply had no date. Oh. Dead days, if you will. Okay. And they were even considered unlucky days. So you were, you were, you were, your best bet was to just don't, don't do anything. Just hunker down and wait until these days are over. That's what this feels like right Interesting. now. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, Netflix did drop a brand new series uh, called Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. It is a Shonda Rhimes uh, showrunner series. She's the showrunner. This is part of the, the Shonda. So Shonda Rhimes for years had a relationship with a connection to ABC. So she started with Grey's Anatomy. Was it a masquerade relationship? I, I mean, I don't think so. I think she was pretty unmasked about okay. it. Okay. Um, Pre-COVID unmasked. Pre-COVID. You can't be walking around unmasked now. But pre-COVID. So she started with Grey's Anatomy. She was a showrunner on that. Then she what was, if we wore masks now that just covered our eyes and not our mouths? If you walk around <laughs> in Oklahoma long enough, you'll find someone doing exactly yeah, that. it's happening. Um, then she had Scandal. A mm -hmm. show that you and I enjoyed for a few seasons before it went wildly off the rails. Um, How to Get Away with Murder. She certainly has other projects that she's done. So she's, I have deep, deep respect. Yeah. Um, I can't think of, and, and I'm not deeply familiar with the show in our world, but I, I've not run across anybody recognizable to me by name mm -hmm. that I can affiliate with such a strong yes. body of work. Yes, exactly. That's so true. Often the showrunners, unless you're like really tuned into like the Hollywood beat and you mm -hmm. kind of are traveling that realm, most of the time people don't know who the showrunner of shows are. I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a way to search yeah. Somewhere out there. Yeah. By showrunner. Oh yeah. And find shows. Yes. And so once you find a good one, this yeah. might be a really strong path to finding additional things that you might enjoy watching. Can you name off the top of your head the showrunners for Lost? Uh no. JJ Abrams was the showrunner yes. the first okay. season. I I knew he was affiliated. I didn't know that was his title. And yes, I love every well, most of the things well, that he's think, done. here's an interesting thing, and this is a diversion of apologies to Sean and to Netflix, but um J.J. Abrams was the showrunner for the first season. If you think about the first season, it's almost encapsulated a standalone season yes. in the span of six seasons of Lost. It floundered a bit after he stepped away from Lost to go on and do other movie making and those types of things. But then they bring in Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cruz, or Cruz is his last name, I can't remember, who together around season three, I feel like, kind of like, let's pick up the pieces, let's put this together. They've gone on to do projects together and separate projects. But whoever the showrunner is brings a really strong point of view to the show. Um, and this this can um, this isn't what we're talking about today, but this can be seen in a lot of different contexts. Shonda Rhimes mm -hmm. brings a particular and a specific point of view to the television that she makes. And so she's the showrunner on Bridgerton, although she's not doing directly like the writing. Bridgerton is actually adapted from a series of romance novels. Um, both either, I think it was Shonda herself and her production company who like sort of opted for the production rights for these um, novels. She didn't do the writing. She sort of passed that on to her production partner. But she has the sort of overarching flavor gotcha. of how this has turned out. Now, 
Unfortunately, I have that problem where I fall asleep often while I'm watching shows. And it's it's been a bit of a trial in the last <laughs> well, also, handful of days. Yeah, I've got this stupid winter cold that yeah. I'm trying to get through and blah, blah. I What I've watched so far is very enticing, but people all over my social media feeds are talking about how much they're loving Bridgerton. So I'm trying. I'm going to get there. But a lot of people are loving it. Nice. Well, Whiskey Tribe. Yeah, in the meantime. Another watch. Whiskey Tribe. Yes. Now, I found this, I was, this was referred to me, in okay. fairness, yeah. by my business partner yes. years ago. Yeah. And at the time, I had no interest. Right. And then I'd ended up discovering them kind of loosely on my own a few yeah. years back. Mm-hmm. And recalled and even called up and gave credit and said, hey, I'm a loser. I didn't look, but I have looked and it's good stuff. Thanks for the recommend. Yes. And then they kind of fell off of my radar a little bit with other interests having greater strength. But then then kind of the same thing happened for you then. I like sort of rediscovered them because I had watched a few when you were sort of into them. I watched a few with you. And then as we have really leaned into our predilection for different kinds of whiskeys and scotches uh, in the past few months, it just came to mind to me like, oh my gosh, I should be watching Whiskey Show because I've genuinely become so deeply interested in like, I know that I have a palate that can taste the different notes in whiskey, not so much wine, right? but in whiskey, yeah, I can. And so... I've been looking up Whiskey Tribe videos again. They have a very recent one, like that's 10 smooth whiskeys to try. You and I are not, we don't always reach for a smooth whiskey. We're, Sometimes, it depends on the mood. I, I think we've, we've reached the point in our journey where we're, we've appreciated and dabbled enough yeah. in all of the different directions that you can go that now we do have in a moment a realization that, hey, I would like something... Fill in the blank. Yes, exactly. I want something smooth. I want a punch in the face. I want something smoky. I want right. whatever. And they are a wickedly good resource. They really are because they really use those evocative terms that really help you as the, a consumer with of whiskey and myself to think of, in those terms as I'm tasting a particularly a new whiskey and to have those kind of ideas in mind. So it's been highly informative. They're yeah. very fun and entertaining to watch. They're it's... a couple of goofballs. Yeah. They really are. You've got a, a wonderful dynamic. Yes. You have Rex, who is, he's quite possibly one of the most irresponsible people that you've ever known. Except yes. you've always known him yes. in your life somehow. Yes. Uh-huh. And then Daniel, who is the straight man. Yes. He is... You. Painfully. <laughs> he's worse than me, I think. He's painfully analytical and tied in. And so it's a nice dynamic yeah. where you don't have to suffer the complete insanity of Rex, nor do you Yes. Nor do you fall asleep snoozily to the completely dry analytical perspective of Daniel. Yeah. It's a great pairing. And they run a few pranks now and again, too, that are entertaining. It's good. So if you have been intrigued at all by our frequent discussions of different whiskeys that we're trying and loving, and you're like, how do I get in on that whiskey knowledge? Whiskey Tribe is a great place. You can, I think, pick any video and just start learning. You can. You can can skim the titles even topically and just pick a thing. Hey, I want to start with bourbons or whatever. And they have a a Patreon group um, that's... I think a very beautiful example of how things should be. I, way back 
way back, some time back, you and I did on your main show an episode talking about drink. Yeah. And we, I think we'd given credit to them. I'm sorry if we didn't, but their statement that the best drink is the one that's in your glass that you enjoy. Yes. That's that's the right way. And so it's a very forgiving. It's not a whiskey yeah, snob channel. Totally. They're not snobbish about it. They do not make you feel like um, some kind of uneducated, um, you know, ding dong if you don't know all the right words to use or if you're not drinking like many of the choices, even just watching that tin smooth whiskeys, many of the choices they were picking and their community had picked were not like high dollar fancy stuff you can get at your local liquor store. Let's get them on the main show. All right. Do you want to do that? I would love to. They'll do that. We'll, we'll get that worked out. It it may not be fast, but we'll, we'll get that worked out. Okay. Um, so yeah, pure read, pure listen. We don't have anything absolutely there. Right. I have one thing for lifestyle. Okay. And I can't give, like, absolute informed glowing testimony to this. I don't know. I just heard about it. Mm-hmm. And it sounded fascinating to me. And so yeah. I thought I'd throw it out here in case somebody's more uh, eager to try this. We will get it tried eventually. But in the meantime, people can pursue this if they wish. There's a company that is called Oak and Bond Coffee Company. And that is their website, Oak and Bond dot com, I believe, um, or oakandbondcoffee.com, one of the two. If you search it, you'll find it. Um, they have started the practice of aging coffee, and they source their coffee like any good niche marketer would. They That's actually right. travel, find crops, yeah. choose crops. They, they do a great job sourcing, and then they take it and they age it in oak barrels that have been used to age whiskeys. That sounds like bourbons, scotch, things like that. Yes, I'm deeply intrigued by this. I I just ran across it by half and chance, and I'm I'm eager to get a few of these thrown in. Um, I was going to buy some yesterday, and it looked like the holidays had almost wiped out their inventory. So I've got to give them a couple weeks to get things going again. But yeah, that that seemed really cool. Yes. All right. And then I guess I'll, I'll tie this all together. Something that covers all four categories right now for me, watch, read, listen, and lifestyle, is cigars. Okay, yeah. We mentioned the other day that you'd had, was it your first proper cigar ever? My first cigar ever. Okay. The last cigar, hmm, within the last two years, I had one other cigar. That was the first cigar I'd had in 20 plus years that was something beyond the garbage that you would buy at a gas station. Okay. A Swisher Sweet, whatever. Yes. Which is basically just a large cigarette Mm -hmm. when you begin to kind of understand this path. Well, I've I've just kind of started down, and I'm not in a hurry, but I've just kind of started down the deep dive of looking at cigars. Yes. It's fascinating it's a whole thing and so because especially because you're interested in this yeah we're gonna have a a cigar journey but i've watched videos i've read stuff i've listened to things there's there's even there's even coursework for connoisseurs not for professionals but there is coursework and and uh 
designations for just the connoisseur world. That's that's how much there is here to unearth and figure out. Yes. So it's a fascinating thing. I think maybe tomorrow we're even going to go on a, a day date to a tobacconist. Yeah. And kind of just be like, tell us something we don't know and sell. Here's, take my money. Yep. Give me your things. Let's find out. So. All right. That. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. If you are going to claim to have an international background, be sure to keep your accent consistent. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.